I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, June 6, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY, or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Let's do a quick recap, and then we'll move forward based on what I think the expectations are over the next couple of trading sessions. Our expectations were that we would find a low this week. It would be an interim or short-term low. That happened, so obviously we began discussing where would the market go on a rally? Where are the stopping points? We identified two areas, 283, 285.50. The market stopped at 283 yesterday, and it stopped at 285.50 today. We also said the market doesn't have to stop at 285.50. We can certainly get into and even spike above the 50-period moving average, but there's going to be a lot of overhead resistance up here. So far, how we doing? Well, we'll find out on the next chapter, because when we get into the next chapter, it's going to be because right now we're looking for another top. So remember, we were looking for a top up here. We were looking for a while. It came in over here finally, but we were looking for a while. The market was creeping up, but there was going to be a top in here. Okay, then we were looking for a short-term bottom this week. Came to one of two numbers, 274 and change, or all the way down to 270 and a half. They selected the upper number. They took off. Here we are. At the objective already on the upside for where this rally should stop based on overhead resistance, where did we stop today? We stopped at the gap. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. We talked about this before we got there. Now we got there. It was a gap. It's a natural attraction, like a magnet. The gap was magnetic to price. Not always the case, but a lot of times that's the case. Again, it can spike through. They can get up into and above the 50-period moving average. You have to have an awareness from a big-picture perspective what's going on, especially when you sit down in the morning. If you're a trader during the day, if you do some intraday trading, if you're a day trader, you have to always keep the big picture in mind because we can get skewed during the day. We can have A, our emotions play dirty tricks on us, and we can lose sight of the big picture. We can feel like the market's going to continue in a certain direction, but that's all it is. It's just a feeling. It has nothing to do with the technicals and the numbers. Remember, when it feels wrong, it's generally right. And when it feels really, really wrong, it's generally really, really right. Not all the time, but a lot of the time. So what do we have on the docket going forward? Well, we have the phony jobs number coming out Friday morning. That's important. Why is it important? Not because of the jobs number itself, The jobs number is made up out of whole cloth. Now, I'm not saying somebody's maliciously making up the number. I'm just saying they have no idea what the number really is. So they use some kind of a formula that between you, me, and the lamppost has a margin of error of like a hundred and some odd thousand jobs. So whatever the number is, it could be 180 degrees in the other direction. Bottom line, they have no idea. But... 
We don't care because the market, meaning the market participants, are waiting for that number with bated breath. The market is going to move based on or what seemingly is based on that number. Now, let's throw this out there for good measure. Let's say tomorrow morning, Friday, this is a total hypothetical, but let's just say this happens. Let's say the market spikes up early into and through the 50-period moving average, and a couple of days later, all of a sudden, we find the market has traded significantly lower than that 50-period moving average. Now, significant doesn't have to be 100 S&P points, but it could be 25 or 30. Won't the media blame the decline, at least initially, if it happens initially, on the phony jobs number? But yet... We got to an important number on the chart, right? We got to an important area or area of overhead resistance on the chart. So which is it? Is it the technicals or is it the news? Is it Donald Trump or is it Mexico bringing troops to the Guatemalan border? Whatever it is, at least from where I sit, my story is the market's going to do what the market's going to do and they plug in the holes with the different news events after the fact along the way. It is what it is. For some, it's hard to wrap your head around. But I'll tell you this, if you watch the market with the news off and then compare the news to the market after the fact, you'll laugh your ass off. Case in point, here's an hourly chart. Each candle is an hour. Just zeroing in on where we are 283, this is where we stopped yesterday. This is where we are today. We're trading above it, and we're basically going sideways the majority of the day. All of a sudden, the news comes out, as far as I can tell, actually after the market went up. And what I'm saying is up from just under 284, up to fill that gap around 285 and a half. Now, I could be wrong, and it doesn't really matter, but the point that I want to make is... Wasn't the market going to fill the gap anyway? Wasn't the news just an excuse? We were always going to fill the gap. Is anybody going to tell me that based on this chart, right before that drive higher into the gap, the market looked bearish? No, it was heading to the gap. The gap was a destination. Is it final destination or not? We don't know. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't matter right now. The point of this is... We were headed for the gap. Was it the technicals or was it Mexico? You can make a decision for yourself. From where I sit, it's the technicals, nothing more, nothing less. You don't need the nonsense clouding up your thought process. This is what I try and do each and every morning for members of Inside the Numbers. So what were they seeing this morning before the market opened? I just want to cut to the chase. Where is the ESSPY headed? What is the objective? Give or take, it's likely they want to pay a visit up to at least the 2850 area. What's up in the 2850 area? The gap. We continue to discuss this area in the Common Sense Market Analysis videos. It's a gap and more. Then we show up at 11.30 with, it's pretty clear right now they're headed for a destination. Where is it? The area discussed in the previous Common Sense Market Analysis video this week. It sounds like a broken record, but that's the way to get the point across. And then further down, we discuss where things would change. What's the bogey on the downside if the market got below or started closing hourly below a certain price level? It changes things a little bit. We go on to always discuss those things, making sure that traders have an understanding of where we are at all times. So now you come back to the chart 
you're here in the middle of the day, you see the market grinding along, it's not really doing anything, it's going sideways after grinding higher, we got to the first objective, are we really going to get to the second objective? Well, guess what? As long as we're above 283, I'm pretty comfortable that on a day-to-day basis, hour-to-hour basis, until and unless we start getting back below 283, and I'm just eyeballing it from an hourly chart perspective, knowing that 283 was important, then I'm okay with being long, riding the market up to that gap. That's the point. This is the thought process. This is how you put together the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, these videos each and every day, and inside the numbers every single morning. Now, should anybody be long looking for more upside over and above that gap? Absolutely not. That's it. We're done. If they go higher and meander around for a while up there around the 50 period moving average, that's fine. It's not for me. No more long trade looking for that gap. Before we move on, just a little market psychology, a little bit of the 80-20 rule. This one might even be the 90-10-95-5. So here we are approaching a gap on an hourly chart and a 200 period moving average on the same chart and we come into it rather quickly. What's the likelihood that the market's going to just waltz right through that area and keep on going? And here it is. At least 80%, if not more, maybe 90% of the time, it's just not. Let's put this in another perspective. Here's a five-minute chart. A lot of traders use a five-minute chart during the day, and they don't look at anything else. Not everybody, but a lot do. They just look at one chart. So let's just go through this and see what was happening throughout the afternoon. So price is going, and it's going higher and it keeps on going, and it's going higher. And what would make you think, just looking at this chart, that price is all of a sudden going to hit some kind of resistance and come down? You don't have anything else on the chart. You're not looking at another chart. You have no idea what the bigger picture is, and this is what you see. And you try and hop on board, not you, but a lot of traders out there, Try and hop on board because they don't want to miss the train. The train is leaving the station. They're running after it. They think they can hop on board. They're running really fast, and here's what happens. Boom. They hop on board, and the train stops, and they catch one in the face. They're watching CNBC. They're watching Price. They're listening to whatever they're listening to get more bullish and more bullish and more bullish. And this is an intraday situation. This is not the bigger picture. This is the small picture. This is small ball. You don't want to play small ball. The big money is not found in small ball. The big money is found in the big leagues when you know what you're looking at from a big term perspective. And I'm not saying the hourly chart is the big time or big long term perspective. I'm just saying we have to know what the bigger picture is. The market is doing something. It's headed for a destination. The biggest problem we have is We're not really sure exactly when it's going to get there, but we're pretty sure it's going to get there. All right, so let's wrap up the S&P here. Everybody gets excited. The S&P's up a nice 17 points today. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is up 181 points. The NASDAQ Composite's up 40 points. Looks like a good day across the board. Everybody's happy. The Fed says they're going to be accommodative. That's garden variety. They always say they're going to be accommodative whenever the market goes down. And then they make it a point to say that it has nothing to do with the market. It's based on economic data points. 
It just happens to always coincide with, as a coincidence, the market going down. So then we come over and we take a look in Camp IWM and we want to know what's going on over here. As happy as everybody was in the S&P Dow and NASDAQ camp, over there in IWM camp, not so much. We were down half a percent today. Did anybody pay attention to that? Inside the numbers members did. We flagged it early on. If it's leading to the upside, it's one thing. If it's lagging, it supports the bigger campaign, the bigger picture. It supports the theory that we're in the middle of a counter-trend rally inside of a downtrend. Anything change from day to day in terms of the IWM? Absolutely not. They may try and drive it higher into at least the 100 period moving average, maybe above the 20, which is dragging down above price. However, this is certainly not a bastion of bullishness. Might as well take a look at the VIX tonight. It's interesting. The market was up, meaning the S&P, Dow, and NASDAQ composite. And the VIX was only down 16 cents, 1% today, into the 100-period moving average. Now, could it go down farther? Would I be willing buyer under 15 into the 14s? And I think yes. We haven't gotten there yet. But if we get some kind of a spike higher in the stock market, you're likely to see the VIX drop, and that could certainly happen after the phony jobs number. We talked about one typical equation that could happen after the phony jobs number on Friday morning, but there's other scenarios. The other scenario is they send the market higher, get everybody more bullish, and then they wait till next week to drop the hammer again. Closing daily below both those moving averages in the VIX, more than just one day. One day could be an anomaly, but if we begin closing day after day after day below those moving averages, below 15, that could change the picture. Something else would likely be going on at the time that we've already discussed. I'm just giving you my perspective since we're looking at the VIX chart. In concert with Camp IWM, we take a stop down at the transportation department and we see something very similar. We see another market down 1% today, kind of a stealth divergence between the transports and IWM in one camp and the rest of the markets in another camp. My two favorite market leading indicators were down, the other markets were up. These are puzzle pieces, they're on the table. You know where I stand. Let's move it along. What's going on out in Silicon Valley with the Qs? Well, they can certainly push the Qs higher if we get some kind of a spike higher across markets based on or not based on. Who knows what it's going to be based on. Whatever piece of information it's based on doesn't really matter. If we get a spike higher in the markets and it's one of those big updates for the tech sector across the board, where is the overhead resistance in the triple Qs? Well, from the naked eye, it looks like the 20-period moving average. But remember, markets can always go a lot higher and for a lot longer than people think they can. So let's say price was rising, and let's say price was coming into the 20-period moving average. From a daily chart perspective, that would generally look like resistance. You also have some pivot highs up here. So let's say price started getting above that. That would look like it's breaking out over and above the last breakdown area, but right above is a gap. So if it looks like we're breaking out, you may or may not want to be fooled. You may or may not want to be trick-trap fooled and frustrated. Just saying they could be 
going for the gap if they're real bullish. You got to know both sides. That's the bullish case. That's the bullish story for the Qs. The XLF. So it was up eight cents, one third of 1%. It's not giving us any information one way or the other as it relates to or as it's compared to the rest of the markets. However, it's still a puzzle piece, it's still on the table, and it's still a bit of a head-scratcher. It's an outlier, but at the same time, the entire financial sector is a pretty big component of the overall S&P 500. And what do we always say? Without the financials, it's unlikely the market's going to get very far in either direction. Are we likely to see a market collapse with the financials strong? No, it's not likely. One-day event, two-days event, that's okay. But a sustainable event, unlikely to happen. On the flip side, if the market's going to take off and have another rally leg higher across the board, you will need participation from the financials. The SMH, any new information here from the SMH? Not really. They just had an up day, up a little bit more than 1%. It is a leading indicator of the tech sector, But remember, this is a counter-trend rally in a downtrend. So with that in mind, I always keep two things in mind. I keep that in mind, and I also keep in mind that the SMH is a leading indicator of the tech sector. So there's some divergences out here. They're all puzzle pieces. They're all on the table. We just want to be aware of everything. You never know where your next best piece of information will come from. I have some requests to cover gold. Let's cover gold. We'll use GLD today for no reason in particular, just because we're going to cover GLD today. So let's talk about the bigger picture. So gold's on the rise. It's pretty apparent that the daily chart trend has changed from down or sideways, even in a bear flag or bearish formation for lower prices, gold was working its way down. Now that's changed. Now it's working its way up, but we're at an important area. So we look like, at least from the daily chart perspective, based on what you can see on the chart, it looks like we're approaching double top, natural area of overhead resistance. That's fine. Let's scan out a little bit or zoom out and let's look at a weekly chart. See what we find. Well, we find a couple of things. So here's the bearish pattern that I really had a hard time drawing out on the daily chart, but obviously knew it was here. So that was a bear flag pattern that was generally going to play out to the downside, maybe even fill that gap down here, but that didn't happen. The market reversed. That is a rocket ride higher. That's the market's way of telling us there's more upside coming. This is not a one or two week event, but we got to see the weekly close. Where is tomorrow's close? We want to see it close above 126 on the GLD. That's the bottom line. It may or may not do that this week. However, when and if it does do that, let me show you something else. Some of you have seen this before. This has been on the chart for a long time. That's not bearish. That's bullish. This is taking a long time. If gold breaks out from that trend line or at that trend line, above that trend line, it's not going to stop at the 100 period moving average around 130. This is a monthly chart. This is a long-term 
look at gold. This is three years in the making. This high right here is July of 2016. If this works out the way this is supposed to work out, and it will take some time, this is a monthly chart. Every candle is a month. That brings gold, or GLD in this case, up to at least 142, 143. And it could be a lot higher over time. That's just for starters. Hasn't happened yet. We're not breaking out yet. This is a if it does type of scenario. So I'll leave you with that tonight. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.